heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Well, the world is a, a very, very unsettled place these days, and everybody recognizes that. There's uh, tremendous oddities happening all over the world. I mean, COVID was just the start of some of these oddities, actually. And a lot of people are really trying to figure out what uh, what the future holds, surely these next many years. Uh, and right now, we're in a political election and a transition here in America. So there's a lot of uncertainties. There's a lot of uncertainties. And the thing about it is uh, that I sense from listeners and from people uh, surely in this country is uh, they're unsettled would be the right word to use. Uh, One of the stories we've talked about a fair amount, as you know, we've covered here on America Out Loud is the aggressiveness of China. We've been talking about it for many years, what's taken place there. Uh, It's more than just one storyline now. I mean, it was more than just Hong Kong. It was more than just Taiwan. It was also what their really far-reaching goals are. Uh, But it was more than just COVID at that point as well. And and you remember that got all murky with with the the Wuhan lab and the origins of the virus, which we surely have talked about plenty. Uh, We have a sense of what's taking place. Uh, You know, this is a big broadcast today uh, because there is information now that has come to our attention that uh, there is uh, uh, leaked uh, audios, uh, audio recordings, if you will, coming out of China that indicate that uh, they are uh, moving forward, at least with some planning of some ideas they have uh, in this uh, aggressive behavior toward the world at large, and specifically Taiwan. Now, we've been speculating for some time, you you know, that everybody has talked about uh, when uh, Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping met at the Olympics and that whole uh, picture uh, took place, right? Uh, There was a lot of talk, uh, first of all, with Putin and the invasion of Ukraine, what would happen there, but also the strategic partnership with Putin and Xi Jinping, uh, how calculated that was and what might become of that. Now, Putin was clearly getting the blessing from Xi Jinping before he attacked uh, Ukraine and, you know, uh, put put the ground troops in there. Uh, and, and clearly Xi Jinping has held his end of the bargain up. He has said nothing bad about Russia, no matter, I mean, none of these countries uh, have any human rights that is worthy to speak about, to be sure. And uh, so, you know, it, it's... Uh, you're dealing with some very aggressive uh, countries here, leaders, dictators, um, and, and communist uh, uh, entities, if you will. Uh, but from there, the, the, the sound bites in me, you know, here's the follow the ball here now. As, as that Olympics ends and Xi Jinping attacks Ukraine, all right, there was a lot of talk in our nation, very serious talk now, about Taiwan and uh, what China would like. This would be an opportune time. Basically, because there's a lot of unrest here back at home. First of all, number one. Two, they recognize you don't have a strong commander in chief. Uh, That is clear. And you've got uh, there's a lot of problems, which many of these have been caused with societal uh, uh, confusion um, that uh, the political operatives and and China's had their hands in as well, as well as Russia has. 
All of that has come to the demise and the point of where we sit right now, quite frankly, and leaves us, I, I hate to say to you, but uh, more vulnerable than I would care to admit, uh, truth be told, you know, surely more vulnerable. This story today has repercussions that uh, I surely hope we look back and hear this recording and know that uh, it never happened is what I pray for. Uh, but in this uncertain world, so my fellow Americans, it is uh, really hard to make that pr predicament, isn't it now, you know, to, to make that testimony. So it's very, very difficult. Welcome in here to the voice of a nation here. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and um, privileged to be with you always. Uh, we've got on the program today two uh, really uh, terrific uh, individuals. And the first will be with us is Dr. Lee Meng Yang is here. Uh, she's an independent virologist, as you know. Uh, she writes and does a lot of work with America Out Loud. She was the whistleblower who called out the CCP initially and really was uh, helped responsible for the truth about the Wuhan lab and COVID-19 and the cover-up that was taking place. You, you, you can't lose sight of what I'm telling you, you know, because she was instrumental in that and bringing that information uh, to, uh, and at great sacrifice, by the way, at great sacrifice with her family uh, and personal. And had she not escaped at that time, uh, we she would not be here on the planet. They surely would have killed her, uh, to be sure. So so Dr. Lee Meng Young will be here. And as well, a gentleman I'm uh, thrilled to have as well, uh, Stephen Mosher is here, Stephen Mosher, and he's the president of the Population Research Institute and the author of really some wonderful books on China, uh, which we will get into the bookstore here as well, so you can see them uh, at America Out Loud. A Bully of Asia, Why China's Dream is the New Threat to World Order. Uh, Hegemon, uh, China's plan to dominate Asia and the world, and China misperceived uh, American illusions and Chinese real uh, reality. So you get a sense. I, I give you those titles just so you have uh, some framework in your mind about his uh, knowledge base and his experience and thinking about things. And he spent a lot of time in Asia as well, uh, in shortly Dr. Lee Young, who was born there. So we're dealing with people here who know a little bit more than, uh, th than most of us, is the best way to put it here. I want to go right now to the start the conversation off, Dr. Ling Meng Yang. Welcome, first of all, to uh, the Voice of a Nation. It's always uh, a privilege to have you here. And uh, I want to go right to the point of this leaked audio. Uh, now, I, I want to be careful we don't over-talk people's heads here, because there's a lot of information here, and it's going to be hard for people to connect this and rationalize with what we'll share today. So, and I, and I don't want to sensationalize things. So I just want to be clear. So I, I, if you could lay down for us initially, and then we'll have Stephen Mosher tie in as well, but start the conversation off with this leaked audio, what it said and what the importance of this was at this time, please. Hi, Malcolm. Thank you for having me. And yes, this leaked audio is obtained by me and my team exclusively on 14th May. And at that day, actually, uh, Beijing time morning, uh, People's Liberation Army have held a top confidential military and uh, the local government joint meeting in Guangdong province. And this audio is about the one hour content in the meeting. And why this is so important is because, first, this is the only audio we have ever seen until now in CCP's history 
get released from such high level meeting, classified meeting. And also, uh, I want to mention, we got it just at the same day they held it. And we do have our people, brave Chinese people, take their life risk to deliver it out. And because this is so informative, and even I and my team, when we listen, it, listen to it again and again, we were still shocked because People's Liberation Army has already formally given the order from the Central Military Commission and also Xi Jinping regime to request the military areas in different provinces and also the local government to work together to transfer China, whole China, from the peaceful time to war time. And they are now fully preparing for a upcoming uh, large-scale war. And this large-scale war, uh, combined with the data they mentioned, the strategies they mentioned in the audio, and also cross-verified with our intelligence uh, we received, it actually draw a very large picture about Xi Jinping and the People's Liberation Army is fully preparing for an upcoming uh, large-scale war towards not only Taiwan, but also the East China Sea, South China Sea, and based on that area to confront against America and America's allies. To go beyond that a moment, uh, Dr. Yan, are we talking about, so, and I, I strategically militarily look at what you're speaking about with Taiwan and the strait there and the South China Seas and that whole region. I mean, we see what's going on militarily there. Of course, they've been building those islands for years and in denial as well, um, like everything else they do, of course. Uh, and uh, but are we talking when we talk about America and an impossible attack against America? So what we're looking at here, if I understand you right, it's more than just I, 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 I'm thinking that they recognize once they attack Taiwan, there could be a larger altercation with the West uh, is what I'm guessing here now. And so for that reason, they are strategically looking at a bigger conflict, uh, potentially, is what I think you're saying. And that would involve America and the entire, it would be a world war for sure, it would be massive. Uh, is that what we're talking about here? That is part of the things that we are talking about based on CCP strategy. Taiwan is definitely one of the very important targets. However, however, based on all these kind of uh, orders they mentioned, and also I need to emphasize something, uh, even my team or just uh, recently understood that People's Liberation Army didn't talk in our common uh, way in Chinese even. So that means they have their special dictionary, which is like the mobile, uh, the mobiles, you know, they have their own language to communicate. Okay. So People's Liberation Army and the CCP, from the beginning, they already established this system. So they have their own camp system. That's why the, when they even when they talk in this confidential meeting, if you don't understand the real meaning in the military dictionary, you will miss quite a lot of information. And of course, when this meeting audio after that, when they write into documents, this will become more difficult to for us to understand. And later on in the media, you will feel they're just talking about some nonsense words. No, actually it's very concentrated informative.
So that's why the more we study, the more we realize it's not only about Taiwan. When they mention about the East and the South China Sea, two states, they also mention the further operations out of the first island chain. And also that means towards the second island chain. And if you see the data they mentioned inside, the very, very important thing is they are doing the military civil fusion strategy using the national power. And also, as I quote, the one of the general in the meeting clearly mentioned, we are going to use the guarantee to use all the resources globally for our purpose. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned that they are going to use all the Chinese people or non-Chinese people overseas and also the business, no matter whether it belongs to Chinese government or not, and also like one belt, one youth countries and collaborative organizations, all like this. They will help them to conduct the operations. They will help them to stock the strategic materials as they listed, including food, gas, oil, uh, and also drugs and uh, uh, minerals and the chips, all like this, yeah. and the propaganda anti-American and American allies and the missile, this kind of okay. weapons. Okay. All right. And, you know, there's a lot that comes to my mind as you, as you complete that thought there. But uh, uh, let me bring on right now with us as well is, uh, is I introduced up front here, uh, Stephen uh, Mosher joins us here. And uh, um, sir, uh, with this leaked audio that we're talking about now, I guess the first thing I would ask you is, have you heard the leaked audio? Are you familiar with this and this, this plan that's been put out? Uh, yes, I am, Malcolm, and thanks for having me on the show to talk about this very, very important topic. Uh, I've been watching China uh, since I was in Hong Kong in 1972, uh, looking across the border into the People's Republic of China, uh, from where I was there as a young naval officer during the Vietnam War. I uh, lived in Asia for many, many years in China, in Hong Kong, in Taiwan. And so I'm very familiar with the strategic situation there. And this is not what we're talking about in terms of this meeting that Dr. Yen has, has brought to the world's attention. It's not just a kind of vague uh, strategic planning session, not just kind of a war game of the kind that we carry on in Washington, DC from time to time about possible future scenarios. This is concrete planning for an invasion of Taiwan and simultaneously to take control of everything within the first island chain. So what is the first island chain? Well, it's, it's everything stretching within Japan, down through Okinawa, the Ryukyus, uh, down through Taiwan, the Philippines, uh, Malaysia, all the way down to Indonesia and up around Vietnam. It involves control of the South China Sea, the East China Sea, Uh, the Yellow Sea, it necessarily involves taking out all of the U.S. military assets in the first island chain. That would be any U.S. naval vessels in the South China Sea or East China Sea. It would mean our uh, military bases, the uh, naval bases in Japan and the the, uh, U.S. Marine Corps base in Okinawa, because China understands that once they move against Taiwan, that the United States will surge its forces in Asia 
towards Taiwan to defend this democracy from the aggression of the Chinese Communist Party. And so I think that explains why, uh, as they do detailed planning for an invasion of Taiwan, they understand that it is necessary for them to attack U.S. assets in the region simultaneously, because once those assets are taken out, Malcolm, it will be very difficult for us to get assets from the West Coast, from Hawaii, from Guam, to help Taiwan repel this invasion. Uh, so what was, what was uh, concerning to me was this is not just a possible future scenario. This was an instruction from the Central Military Commission to do detailed planning on transitioning to a wartime system. And, and so what we're talking about is specific allocations of ships and trains and personnel. I mean, for example, they talk about, just to give you one example among many, they talk specifically about requisitioning 64 10,000 ton row row ships. What's a row row ship, Malcolm? It's a ship where it has its own attached um, uh, loading ramp and you can roll on and roll off tanks and armored personnel carriers and jeeps. That's why it's called a row row. And there are lots of row rows in China that will be requisitioned to cross over the 90 mile wide Taiwan Straits and bring over the tanks and the armored personnel carriers and so forth that will be needed for the invasion of Taiwan. Very specific, 64, not 63 or 65. Uh, so this is very, very detailed planning, not just a possible future scenario. Yeah, Th this sounds like it's been planned for some time, Stephen. This this wasn't done overnight here. This this was a, a big planning, right? And uh, they've been thinking about this for some time, clearly. Do you think in everything you've studied with China and where you are right now, do you think that with their grasp, we listen, I think we all knew at some point they would go for Taiwan. I, I, everybody I know assumed that would happen someday. Did you did you see that as well? I mean, is that a given? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there has been uh, have been attacks uh, on mm -hmm. Taiwan dating back to the the 1950s, uh, with right. the first uh, offshore islands crises, right. 1954, the second offshore island crises, uh, Kim, Kimoy and Matsu in 1958. Uh, and the only thing that stood in the way of the invasion of Taiwan in those days was the U.S. 7th Fleet mm -hmm. that is based in Tokyo, in uh, Tokyo Bay, and in which I served for many years, uh, years ago. Okay. Um, but now, of course, China has a larger navy. Uh, than the United States does. And its Navy is concentrated off its coast in the East and uh, South China Sea. So uh, they're a formidable force. And if I were Xi Jinping, and uh, thank God I'm not, but if I were uh, the, the president of China, uh, I would look at the current weak administration, um, not only uh, the 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 disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, which of course displayed weakness to the world, but its distraction, uh, its total focus on the situation in Ukraine. Now we shouldn't ignore the situation in Ukraine to be sure, but if I were Xi Jinping, I would say the US is pouring resources into deterring Russian aggression in Ukraine. And therefore now would be a perfect time to move against Taiwan. Uh, there's a 
a, a weak administration in place. There is confusion among U.S. allies about U.S. commitment right. uh, to freedom around the world. And, and our military resources are going not east to defend Taiwan and our allies in Asia. They're going in the other direction to support our NATO allies in Europe. So, so, so all right. So I want to ask you this real quickly now. Um, and uh, so with your experience now as a naval officer and again, understanding um, this predator uh, being China, uh, the scenario you, we played out here that Dr. Yan is talking about, that you're talking about in, throughout China, uh, China and the Seventh Fleet and all of that in the Straits. I mean, I, I think everybody can get a glimpse now of what we're talking about, which really is the season and the capturing of Taiwan, make no mistake. It's been in the plans for years. We've talked about it. We Everybody knew it was going to happen at some point. It's That part's not a surprise. In order to fulfill that commitment, uh, they uh, need to do what you explained perfectly, take out the seven, take out all of the various components of um, uh, which you, you indicated very well uh, of uh, uh, the U.S., the United States, what's taking place there. And so with that said now, here's what I'm wondering. They have hypersonic technology. Uh, Russia has hypersonic technology. Uh, this is very dangerous technology because it allows them to really uh, launch nuclear activity without anybody even knowing it before it strikes uh, or it, even to put it up in the, uh, in the uh, uh, atmosphere, in the hemisphere and uh, create an EMP attack, which would be massive in size as well, which is probably a one, two, three punch. Do you see their uh, grand plans now in your professional opinion, staying around that area of Taiwan, China, what they're doing? Or do you see them some attacks further coming to the homeland here in America, in your opinion, Stephen? Well, according to the, the, the war game, um, well, the plans, the detailed plans that have been revealed by Dr. Yan and her team, uh, what we see is an attack not just on U.S. assets in the first island chain, but on the second island chain, which involves Guam. Now we have pre-positioned in Guam, a number of ships loaded with equipment, tanks and so forth, that would be used to reinforce our allies in the event of an attack. But apparently uh, there is part of the plan that has been laid out by uh, the People's Liberation Army is to attack those assets as well, which are several thousand miles away from China. Uh, whether or not they would go on to attack Hawaii at that point, as the Japanese did in the opening days of World War II, uh, is unclear from listening to this particular strategic planning session. Well, I can't but, see, uh, I, uh, let me interrupt there. I, I, I can't see why they would strategically grab Hawaii unless they were looking for a full out blowout World War affair, which, a, a, you know, yeah. right? Is that fair? Is that fair? Yeah, I, I, I think they would probably uh, think they would be safe in attacking U.S. bases in Guam because it's not part of the, the 50 uh, United States. But they probably wouldn't go beyond there because okay. that would risk an all-out war, right. which they don't want. They want to strike a blow so devastating that they, the U.S. will simply be forced to the negotiating table and Taiwan will fall quickly. Uh, Malcolm, if we have time, let me say that Taiwan is, is an island uh, which is populated by 24 million free people. They're Taiwanese. They have had five uh, free elections, peaceful transfer of power from one political party to another, a full-fledged democracy that, re that respects human rights. 77% of the people on Taiwan say they would take up arms and fight against an invasion. 
uh, by the Chinese Communist Party and crossing the 100 mile wide Taiwan Straits would not be easy. If they had the means to defend themselves, they could defend themselves. And those row row ships we talked about, mm -hmm. uh, the other um, naval vessels that would have to cross the Taiwan Straits could be taken out by US supplied harpoon missiles, which are shore to ship or ship to ship missiles. Unfortunately, uh, our shipment of harpoon missiles is now being delayed until 2025 because of our focus on Ukraine. So again, uh, we need to give them the means to defend themselves and defend themselves, they will. Okay, all right, so what I'm gonna ask you both to do is stay right there as we take, uh, I wanna tell listeners a couple of things that so we'll take a pause and come right back, okay? All right, fair enough. Um, here we go here. And uh, all right, uh, that is uh, some striking information, I have to tell you. There are multiple scenarios I would like to discuss and play out here with what uh, Dr. Lee Ming Yang shares with us and the strategic audio tape and with uh, uh, Stephen Mosher and what he had just explained uh, strategically what this plan of attack is. Uh, and it's not just, as he said, a war game or a video game or some uh, exercise of futility. Uh, this looks to be a real plan of attack. There's a difference. And th this surely gets me uh, very unsettled, to say the least, because the potential of world conflict now is escalating by the moment. Um, and you do have to ask yourself a lot of questions. Uh, and it, it comes back to weakness. It comes back to showing your hand. It comes back to strength versus weakness. It comes back to, you know, the fact we have a very weak establishment right now. It's very, very weak. Uh, the, it's, it's all been calculated here, people, calculated. And, and, and it leaves me, uh, like you, hopefully, a little angry, but uh, because we've put political operatives in power, Americans have, that have uh, uh, lied and distrust and and, you know, many other things. I mean, you look at Biden and the relationship they've had with China and the family and the rest of the political. And it's not just him. There's a whole host of these cats. Uh, and, you know, the word we used back, I mean, call it what you want. But the word we used to use uh, back in the day uh, was a traitor. They, they were traitors. It's clearly, uh, you know, you can call it whatever you want. But uh, uh, we have some real problems here. So there are a lot of things to speculate on what might happen here uh, with that point of view. And like like uh, Stephen Moshe was just uh, explaining to us, to get, it's kind of the same thing Russia did with Ukraine, thinking we might back off, but we gave them the resources. We didn't get involved and he threatened NATO. China's been watching all that very, very carefully, as I shared with you prior. They've been watching every detail last minute here. And they would clearly do uh, something. They'd watch to see what the plan is and how would react to this. Um, because now if you've got a full nuclear, um, you know, and, and, and you know, you have to also, the other thing I'm thinking is, as you guys are all talking about it, I'm thinking to myself, you know, why would a country, think about this a minute here. here here's a, here's a, a, a twister for you here. Why would a country, a, a, a um, this uh, supposed leader, Xi Jinping, and his CCP, his power, I mean, it's more than just him. There's a power base behind him, to be sure, and the People's Liberation Army and the CCP here. But why would this country, you know, think about it in those terms, risk, uh, what, the end of the world? I mean, would they risk that for an island? I mean, you think about it in those terms a minute, and you almost have to convince yourself that's probably not really going to happen. Or is it? I don't know. It's a hell of a risk, isn't it? Now it's a gamble. But you, you know, you think of that in that in that context. You know, I mean, what do they really gain? It's the same thing with Russia with Ukraine. What do they really gain? 
there has just no no uh, harmony in the world right now. There's no, it's a fight of good and evil. It's everywhere. It's absolutely, no matter where you turn, whatever you look at, it's another hostility somewhere that is developing. And this is actually be the second battlefront after the first one was the leak of the uh, uh, propagation of SARS-CoV-2 around the planet uh, from the Wuhan lab, uh, as I believe, uh, and I've shared with you many times, highly, very intentional, very purposeful. That in itself was an act of war, by the way. Uh, so in that regard, we already have a war going on. And of course, the American people and our citizens around the world have been fighting that world for the la- that war for the last two and a half years. And it's still ongoing. I'll tell you, it, it's, it, it makes you think, doesn't it, here? Uh, well, let's take a real uh, quick pause. We'll get back with Dr. Lee Young and, and Stephen Mosher in just a moment here and continue on with this engagement here uh, in this unprecedented way uh, in these leaked audio tapes uh, from China here. You're listening to the voice of a nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Is a record player the best way to listen to music? Of course not. So why are you still taking vitamins that haven't been upgraded since the 1930s? Even if your vitamins aren't hard to swallow, it's time to upgrade to Healthy Cells pill-free, patent-pending microgel supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. They taste great, convenient on the go, and they're more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. As we join you back here on The Voice of a Nation, it is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly. And as always, thank you for being on the mission here. It is a mission of liberty and justice for all. And it is all back at AmericaOutloud.com. You know, we are we're all about I mean, there's a lot of things we excel at here on the platform and the out loud truth being the biggest one. (laughs) And that's the kind of thing you're hearing today with this uh, very uh, challenging conversation, actually, and what we're hearing and discussing. It seems like uh, it it just seems like uh, there's no end 
to uh, the next drama. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, like you never can go back. You never can go back and recoup what was lost. But there's there's no end to the next crisis coming in play. And it's all very calculated. And, and there's a lot more connections to things than we think. That's what scares the hell out of me, actually, what I just shared with you. And I think Stephen knows what I'm talking about. But it's a lot more, things are tied a lot more together than we think they are. And that in itself leaves me very concerned as a patriot, as, as, a, uh, as a person who loves our, our country, loves, our, loves we the people, uh, loves our nation and our freedom and our life and and uh, our our blessed life from God Almighty and here we are fighting this fight. It's uh, it's like a moment, isn't it? You know, it's, it's and it's always a moment here. It's another I, I don't know. It's a it's a moment where the world has got to speak up for itself and good has gone to have to fight extra hard to prevail on this one. I believe um, joining us back here is uh, Dr. Lee Meng Yang is here again, and, um, and Stephen Mosher is here as well, uh, and um, is a Naval officer and a great background. He's president of the Population Research Institute, uh, and uh, really a very well spoken about China affairs and the strategic nature of the battle out there, uh, bringing it all the way to Guam and Hawaii, in fact, as we just spoke about. And Dr. Lee Meng Yang, she is uh, not only a dear friend, but a patriot. She's, she's really become a patriot. I mean, there's how, how do you say it any different? Um, and you can see her write-ins and her work back at AmericaOutloud.com as well. And we're very grateful for her always. So, so Dr. Lee Young, this tape now, this audio tape, uh, when we lay out the plans and the things we're talking about, there's a few things I'm thinking about here. Number one, uh, the people who leaked the tape, uh, do, does, do the officials know who that was? And have they already been executed? I, a fair question I ask you. Has that happened? Uh, Malcolm, so these people, our people, they definitely take the very serious risk. So I can tell you this audio was happened in the 14th May meeting, <clears throat> and we got it the same day. And after that, until now, Xi Jinping has arrested and killed many people in the People's Liberation Army. And you don't get the news because they are using the military law to execute, uh, execute these people. That means no judgment, no hold, just can be killed if you understand that uh, situation. Mm -hmm. And what I can tell you, People's Liberation Army has already, uh, based on our intelligence, killed several generals just because of the release of this audio. And also, I have received that they have put clear order to kill me and my uh, friend in America. Yeah, well, and I was thinking about that a moment ago. We reported already. Yeah, yeah I, I was, it crossed my mind because you and I have talked off mic um, multiple times uh, in the past uh, year and a half about the safety of your life and things that had happened and transpired. Um, and so I, I, I hear what you say there. So you, you certainly have put yourself at risk, there's no doubt, and you've continued to do that. So this audio tape is leaked. They went ahead and they've killed and assassinated uh, multiple people in the Liberation Army and generals and what have you. They obviously know we have the tape now, correct, Dr. Lee Ming Yang, right? Uh, they, know, they know that it's already passed to us because they are, I mean, our people, they guaranteed exclusively right. come to us. And right. we, as the first time, 
reported it and explained it in Chinese and sent it to the intelligence related people and my friends like Steve Merchant and you and uh, all like this. So we still working on spread it all over the world and help people to understand the meaning behind. That's why okay. CCP is really angry. Okay, so you're very angry, right? So so are we. Uh, so this has been sent to uh, uh, to our to our government officials at this point. Yes. To me, to my team, and we no. Has it been sent to the United States government, Doctor Young? I'm asking you. Has this information been sent to the United States government? I can tell you is I have given it to the IC staff, but I don't know which exactly department get it or not get it. And I'm still keep communicating with my friends, and I believe many of them have sent this to the top government, but I don't know like whether this official get it or that official read it. And also the very important thing is they don't read Chinese and especially they don't know this kind of camp system. So even they go to turn to find help from some Chinese experts and we have already know some Chinese experts, certain people have been manipulated by CCP. And so that's why you will see that online there were attacks or some kind of explanation that, so, oh, this is nothing serious, that this is just a plan. Right, no, right. this is to move the importance of okay. the audio. Right, let, let's, let's, let's ask Stephen as well now. Uh, Stephen, do you, do you have knowledge or do you know or have you done anything yourself with it? Does the United States government have this information, please? Well, I, I, Malcolm, I can't uh, confirm that the, the CIA, uh, where I've spoken in the past, uh, knows about this, uh, but, but they certainly should, because this is the most detailed, mm-hmm. compelling um, expose of exactly what kind of detailed strategic planning uh, for an attack in the fairly near future is going on in China wow. that, that I've ever seen. And you must remember that uh, a few years ago, Uh, because of an agent within the the CIA that our intelligence apparatus in in China, all of our agents in China Mm -hmm. were taken out uh, one by one by the Chinese Communist Party. So about 10 years ago, we were rendered deaf, dumb and blind when it came to uh, meetings like this, when it came to uh, the deliberations among the Central Committee members or the members of the Politburo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and so this is, the, yeah. the, the CIA should be all over this. Yeah. Here's, here's, let, let me, I got to talk to you about a couple of strategic things now. You have a background, and, and I remember, you know, as well, I remember looking at your background. You're, you're, you're many, many times invited to address the intelligence community on national security matters. I see that you've testified for Congress many times, or naval, military. So you, you, you have a pretty good grasp, uh, Stephen, of, of affairs, of what's taking place here, what's developing. Um, the fact that China knows that we have the plans, how does that alter, in your professional opinion, how does that alter the calculus for China, or does it? Well, it, it certainly does alter the calculus for China because they cannot be sure that their future meetings, their future deliberations, their future planning, and indeed even the the order uh, to attack uh, would not be released as well. That's why I think uh, that uh, Dr. Yan mentioned, and I believe it's true that they're uh, killing everyone who could possibly have been a conduit of this information. 
because the last thing that they would want to do is alert American forces uh, prior to the initiation of an attack. But now they've been alerted, Stephen. So now what happens? Do they? And I'm just asking: Do they? Do they? Do they change the plans? Do they? Do they? I mean, there's several options. They either change the plans, they do it sooner, quicker, faster, like now, or or they or they back off entirely and say, "Well, this was all just an ex- a war exercise. Really, didn't mean anything." What? What? Which one do they pick? Well, I think they wait and see whether or not there's been any concrete action taken by the U.S. government. Have our forces been put on high alert? As far as I know, they haven't been. Have forces been surged into into uh, East Asia? Have preparations been made? Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I know, we're, we're still at uh, our regular DEFCON level. Mm-hmm. So um, okay. that's uh, uh, what we're doing, of course, is we're sending uh our ships in Norfolk on the East Coast are being loaded with equipment and they're going where? Uh, they're going to Europe. Uh, they're not going uh, to the Pacific. So um, in terms of the actual planning, if, if the United States doesn't react in some way observable to China to this, uh, China may think that, uh, that Washington DC has ignored the warning, uh, preferring to focus exclusively on Ukraine and that would not deter them uh, that might indeed embolden them. Okay. Would, this is a very tough question, what I ask you next. Would they go as far uh, yeah, uh, with uh, Xi Jinping and the CCP? Would they, uh, to seize that island and with all of these plans, uh, launch a, I mean, it's unthinkable, but would they launch a nuclear attack? Would they Would they use their hypersonic missiles even? Would, would any of this happen? Well, obviously, no one uh, wants a nuclear war. Even Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin are probably not eager to turn themselves into radioactive dust. So I think they're hoping to kind of, in a way, replicate uh, what the Japanese uh, imperial forces were trying to do on December 7th. Mm -hmm. They were trying to strike a blow so devastating against the United States that we would draw back and say, uh, let's reach a peace, let's simply cede East Asia uh, to the greater East Asian prosperity sphere of the Japanese imperial government and and will back off. Now, it will have the opposite reaction, uh, to be sure, I think, uh, if America is still the country that it was in 1941. Um, But perhaps they think that they can do this in 2022 with Joe Biden. And well, actually, I'm, go- I'm going to ask you, you say that, that, that declarative statement you just made, but we really can't say that, can we, Stephen? Uh, I'm, I'm afraid we can't. Uh, I, again, I think that this administration has done nothing but telegraph weakness since the first day in office. I think uh, President Joe Biden and his family are severely compromised yeah. by a number of key players around the world, yeah. uh, probably first and foremost by the Chinese Communist Party with whom their family was in business for many, many years. Uh, so if I, were, if I were Xi Jinping and I were thinking of when I would have my best window to move against Taiwan and U.S. forces in Asia, I would say during the time of Joe Biden's presidency, because I do believe the pendulum is swinging back and that in November, uh, the House and the Senate will yeah. uh, change hands and that two years, two and a half years from now, uh, yeah. we will see the presidency uh, back in the hands of, uh, if not Donald Trump, then someone like Ron DeSantis. And the world will be a different and much safer place. Remember, it's always true, as President Reagan said, that we achieve peace through strength and weakness invites aggression. And that's exactly what may happen here, Malcolm. People are aware that this government is, uh, 
is is not a, is not does not have the best interest of we the people. Uh, I think is the best way I would say that. Uh, and I think we the people are noticing, and that that includes everybody. We the people absolutely includes Democrats and uh, left of center. It doesn't include the Marxists now. I'm not suggesting that, but it does include everybody else. You agree with that statement, Stephen, or am I am I speaking out of turn? No, I absolutely agree, Malcolm. Um, I um, am, am very concerned about uh, the state that our country is in. I have for the last uh, 30 years, you know, I was the first American social scientist allowed to do research in China back in 1979 and 1980. And I saw abuses, human rights abuses committed by the Chinese Communist Party mm. up close and personal. I was in the operating room when they were forcibly aborting as part of the one child policy forcibly aborting women uh, who were ready to give birth, who were seven, eight, and nine months pregnant. Uh, I was taken out by local friends of mine to a local hill where uh, hundreds of people had been executed after the Chinese Communist Party's Red Army uh, came to the uh, local commune and took power, anybody associated with the old regime. Uh, people need to understand that the Chinese Communist Party remains, as it has always been, as every Communist Party is, a war party. It is always organized for war all the time. And it brooks no opposition, not only within its borders, but also outside of its borders. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party quite naturally wants to expand its writ, not just to Taiwan and the First Island chain. It wants to expand its writ throughout the world. And one of the chilling things about the information that Dr. Yen has released is they talk very specifically in their meeting about uh, converting the experience and practice of of controlling, of locking down the Chinese people uh, to, to a wartime experience, ensuring that when we declare war, that the people do not revolt, that production continues, that life is orderly, the overall social situation is stable. Uh, this is a system that periodically to maintain the muscular rigor of the system, to maintain its control over the people, has to identify and attack an enemy. There always has to be an enemy out there. Yeah. The enemy for decades has been Taiwan and the United States. And if they're talking about using uh, the lockdowns in China to prepare the people for war, that that's something that's very eminent, Malcolm. Mm -hmm. That's something yeah. that's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's perfectly. I, I hear you. I hear you. I'm thinking back right away uh, to the days when Xi Jinping was in Mar-a-Lago with Trump uh, and having a champagne toast with the wives there and all of that. And then he had, of course, the uh, altercation with North Korea uh, in, in real time, uh, which was fascinating. But and of course, he would reference him as my friend Xi Jinping, as he always referenced uh, Kim Jong-un. And of course, what the left, uh, they knew it, but they played it the other way, thinking that he was hobnobbing with uh, dictators and cruel people. Of course he wasn't. He knew how to play the game very well. Uh, I mean, those of us who get it, get it, and knew exactly what was taking place. Um, you, the, what is it? Sun Tzu says, the, the friend uh, of your enemy, right? Back and forth, your enemy is your friend, mm -hmm. and uh, the enemy of your enemy is my friend. That's exactly it. So uh, that's what was always happening with Trump. He was always a, a few steps ahead of the chess game, <clears throat> trying to figure it out. People couldn't figure him out, uh, but those who knew, knew. And he played a very interesting game of chess, to be sure. Um, Dr. Lee Min Yang, um, the word that comes to mind that, that Stephen puts out there right now, and, and uh, you know, I, I'll tell you, I really appreciate I, I, I got to tell you, I really appreciate the descriptive he put out there about it was very helpful for listeners to hear the way he talked about uh, the cruelty, the abortions and the cruelty of executions in the fields and what had taken place there. 
What we're talking about here, uh, the word that comes to my mind when you reference the CCP and as you reference the communism, communism as it is, is barbaric, barbaric. That's the word that comes to my mind. This is barbaric uh, in every way that it is. And of course, we continue to look the other way. We've made a lot of mistakes here that have been very calculated the wrong way uh, with us jumping into bed with China, with building up all the way forward from Richard Nixon all the way forward to present day. We've made them who they are, and they are indeed monsters. They're barbaric monsters. Now, you've seen that firsthand with your family. You've seen it with your life, Dr. Yan. You've seen everything personal through your eyes. You've experienced this. You barely got out of there with your life. I mean, you just, I don't think people really grasp here that listen to you uh, the, on our amazing network that you have sacrificed so much, but you barely got out. I mean, you really just barely made it with your life. And, and so what do you see happening now, Dr. Yen, with this barbaric nature of the CCP and Xi Jinping and their thirst for power, Taiwan with the aggression and the way uh, Stephen lays out there perfectly of the scenarios of what could possibly happen here with the war. Um, and now that they know we have the plans, do you think any of this changes in your opinion or does it continue onward or do they reroute another way or, because they're very calculated, the, 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 the communists are, very, very calculated evil souls. Go ahead. Oh yeah, Malcolm. So uh, Steve have given a very good explanation. And what I want to add additionally is there are different ways CCP can do. It's like they can change in a minor way or major way, uh, major way, or they can cancel the plan, or they can keep push forward. So based on the response we received from Xi Jinping's side is that yesterday Xi Jinping actually uh, went to the the operation center in Beijing in the, uh, for the uh, People's Liberation Army, which is a very confidential uh, location actually uh, under a hill. So he went there and he gave his clear order there, must guarantee to win the people's war. So this is no joke. That means although, you know, they kill and arrest and kill people from the People's Liberation Army because they know this audio gets released and one day America will realize the importance. And still, at the same time, they don't give up the whole, whole plan. They may do some minor change. However, the central thing is Xi Jinping and PLA want to guarantee the win. And talk about the people's win. This is some word definitely you have heard. Uh, however, when we really look into people's war, I need to let our audience understand further about what means people's war. So people's war actually is Mao Zedong and the CCP's uh, military uh, strategy and the mobilization me me uh, mechanism. So uh, clearly is for the person who, uh, for the side who launched the war, I mean, here means CCP, it means to use their own people's lives, money, and uh, all the resources and, and weapons to launch the war. And uh, for the people are attacked, so, I mean, here means Taiwan and American, uh, and American allies, that means all your people's lives and the money are assets and all the other things are the target for CCP's war. And uh, this will uh, further actually restrict, uh, restrict your 
military power to fight back. So this Which, is very clear. This you're talking about for the United States military power to fight back. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes, they want, I mean, uh, uh, restrict your military power by uh, put those kind of surprise attacks and also military civil fusion attacks. Okay. So what, I mean, it's, it's very clear that if, I mean, you see the nation over 900 ships and 38 civilian flights right. and other things they are recruiting just in one province in China. One, we have 30 provinces, they are all working now. And these are the civilians ones. These are the resources they can get even yeah. from non-Chinese people and yeah. the overseas. So this will be used to, if, if, I mean, they use it to attack you. And how could you identify whether they're military or not? You don't know yeah. they're remote. The, 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 the plans, you're, you're right. And I, I see the write-up in the plans on this. And uh, the, the Guangdong province you speak about there, uh, they, this plan lays out the specific artillery and the, the specific uh, equipment that is going to be used for the... I mean, that's how detailed it is, friends. It's, 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 uh, Stephen, uh, you, you've seen that as well, correct? The, the details of those plans, right? I mean, I mean, it's very specific to what's in the Guangdong province, right? It, it, it is. And, and the very specificity, Malcolm, indicates that the planning is very, very far along. But back to Dr. Yen's point, um, the, the Chinese Communist Party is, of course, not only a war party, but it owns everything in China, every person, every asset, every plane, car, not just the formal, uh, 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 you know, military equipment of planes and tanks. It owns all of the private uh, property in China as well. Nothing, everything is instantly public property, uh, can be used for wartime overnight. Now, we in the United States do have a Defense Production Act. And when the president so declares, uh, we can we can we can encourage industry to act on behalf of the right. US national. Which he industry, just did for baby formula. Which he by just the way. did for baby formula, yeah. which yeah. is yeah. great. But but nonetheless, you have to understand that in China, uh, mm -hmm. that takes place instantaneously. Right. There's no right. uh, the, the Communist Party can simply yeah. declare that that we own your car. We own your ship. Uh, you may have a row row ship that you're right. using right. to transport cars down to Southeast Asia. It's ours now. Yeah, yeah. there's no free enterprise there. There's no capitalism. Yeah. Let's call it's, it what it is. Yeah, the, you're right to point so, that out. They own everything. Yeah. Yeah. They can mobilize. So in yeah. other words, they can mobilize everything overnight. And they've already identified the planes and ships and tanks that are in private hands that they will use for that. All of the Boeing planes that are used by China Air, for example, mm -hmm. instantly could be used as troop carriers to land at Taiwan airports and offload uh, airborne, you know, airborne troops. Yeah. All right. So in the strategic nature of things with Xi Jinping and Putin in the final moments we have, uh, Stephen, uh, you know, and you wonder the Russian military has been weakened greatly, but he still has a nuclear arsenal. Obviously, you made the statement earlier, which we always all make. Well, it's it's a deterrent because no one's going to use it because then they know that. Well, and I ask you that back. Um, you know, with hypersonic technology as well, isn't that a game changer where they could li literally launch those without one knowing? Is that a correct statement? Well, it is. It, it overwhelms your, your anti-missile defenses because hypersonic speed, uh, you know, three to five times the speed of sound is not what our anti-missile uh, defenses are designed to take down. So you only have a few minutes of reaction time 
uh, before the actual nuclear weapons arrive. So it, it does throw that into uh, into. You, you, you know, don't think they would be going with that calculus to really? I mean, are they do, in your wildest of wildest thoughts? Are there any thoughts to your mind that they would strategically try to take America right off the map? I mean, and take their chances that we would not because of this weak administration that is just atrocious. I mean, absolutely. We're not just talking a mild case here. We're talking atrocious that they would uh, then be caught totally off guard. And even those minutes they had left, they wouldn't react or wouldn't know what to do. It's like the Keystone Cops kind of thing. Would Is that a scenario that could play out or not? Well, I think in, in, in Ukraine, Putin, if his army is degraded sufficiently, might decide to use tactical nuclear weapons on Ukrainian troop concentrations. Any attack on the U.S. homeland by China or by Russia, uh, we have still the Minuteman missiles in silos in North Dakota. We have Polaris submarines out at sea with Trident missiles with multiple warheads. Uh, you know, that would that that's a. a, a uh, suicide, Malcolm. Uh, so I don't, I don't think that a rational actor, assuming that uh, Xi Jinping is still a rational actor and Vladimir Putin are rational actors, would want to go down that that yeah, road. Yeah, yeah. But I also don't think that uh, that I think Ukraine, quite frankly, is the wrong war in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, our primary adversary now is the Chinese Communist Party's yeah. controlled yeah. People's yeah. Republic of China, and the idea that we should be pouring billions, tens of billions of dollars in Ukraine to engage in another forever war by proxy, by, by having Ukrainian young men uh, fight and die against the Russian invaders. I think that's a mistake. I think we need a negotiated settlement there quickly. That would be good for Ukraine and for Stephen. Uh, you, you, I've told listeners that if you rewind the tape uh, a month ago, I've told listeners, I swear to you, I've told listeners exactly what you said. You need to have an off ramp for this man. You must get to the negotiating table with Putin. Uh, we could and we could have worked with Russia years ago for our political class didn't make a fool out of the whole situation and sent him into Xi Jinping's arms, um, you know, which I think is our own doing. I, I think we've made this mess what it is. And that's another conversation for another day. Stephen uh, Mosher, thank you for joining us here. Uh, thank you, Malcolm. And Dr. Lee Meng Yang, thank you so much for everything that you do and uh, just, you know, your, your commitment to the truth and, and your commitment to, uh, to liberty and justice. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Malcolm. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.